When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The biggest news in the last 24 hours, the Milwaukee Bucks, a legitimate championship contender, a team with a 30 and 13 record. They fired Adrian Griffin yesterday and they have hired Doc Rivers to be their next head coach. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM channel 80 we are presented by progressive insurance chris carlin joe fortinball right now we welcome in somebody who knows doc rivers awfully well that is danny green the three-time nba champion currently a free agent he joins us right now to talk about doc danny it's chris carlin and joe fortinball we appreciate a couple of minutes how you doing Good, man. Thanks for having me. Chris and Joe, pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. No, we appreciate it. And we're just looking for insight here into Doc. So when you think about your time with Doc the last couple of years in Philadelphia, what comes to Mm -hmm. mind in terms of the impact that he has on a team, both positively and negatively, if there is one? Well, I'm not going to talk about the negatives, man, (laughs) because he's a good coach and, you know, it wouldn't be in good light of me, but I don't think he has a, a many negatives. Um, you know, he has a way, and that might rub people the wrong way, but, you know, he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing, but I think the respect factor is big. They need the respect. He he knows how to light a fire under, under his guys. I talked about this earlier on the FanDuel, run it back show. But, um, yeah, they need somebody, I guess, the whole situation why they let Griff go is because they felt he lost the locker room. He lost the respect for the players. Doc will at least have the respect for the players. Um, he knows how to get the best out of them. And impressively enough, uh, my last stint with him before I was injured, he, you know, he's known for, I guess, negatively people say he doesn't know how to make in-game adjustments. He was making some really good in-game adjustments that playoff run that we had. And had we had not had the injuries, I think it would have been a different outcome. You know, one of the issues reportedly in Milwaukee was the way in which they were deploying their defense. Early in the season, Lopez, who does an excellent job defending the rim, was brought out and mm-hmm. the, uh, pick and roll, all that stuff. Now, they made some changes, but they're currently 22nd in defensive efficiency, and this is a team that's been very good defensively over the last five years. Rivers, yeah. with the personnel he's got there, is he going to be able to get that defense up to snuff? I think he'll get them better, but it's like you, you, you trade away some guys, you lose some people, it's harder to get that. You, know, you lose a Drew Holiday, that, that takes a toll on your defense. Um, but they do have some pieces to be better than what they are, and I think Doc will do that. I think he'll challenge Dane to be better defensively. He'll challenge Brooke to be better at the rim defensively and how he is in the normal past years, Giannis as well, uh, Bobby Portis, you know, all those other guys. He'll get them more involved and have them more on a string and include with each other, better chemistry. Um, but so the biggest thing, it starts with the respect factor. Once you get the respect factor, you get your players to play harder for you. And defense is pretty much all effort. So if you can get them to, to play harder and then give more effort, uh, they'll be a ton better than what they are right now. Danny Green joining us, NBA analyst, three-time NBA champion. He works with FanDuel as well. Danny, let me talk to me about, you know, we hear that phrase a lot. He lost the locker room. He lost the locker room. Just in mm-hmm. general sense, from a player standpoint, what does that mean? Uh, it's hard to say from different players, but from my perspective, I would think that 
there were certain schemes, certain theories that, that he did. Obviously, he was winning games, but they didn't feel was successful or they could have done it better. And they didn't agree with some of the, the principles. They didn't agree with how the approach was or just maybe how he was operating with talking to his assistants or players. So it could be a multitude of things. So I can't pinpoint it for you. I wasn't in that locker room, but I can just give you a couple of, of ideas of what may have happened. Given how much experience you've had in the NBA, is it surprising even to you? To, to us, it's a shock. But to you, to see a team that's 30 and 13 make this move, were you taken aback by it? Yes, 100% shocked. He, they're winning games. Obviously, we expect them to play better. They could have been playing, you know, more, you know, said intensely defensively, but they were, were still top second team in the East. And it's his first year on the contract. You normally don't see that. Your teams are going to pay a guy and let him go in his first year in the contract. So I was definitely taken back by it and surprised by it. Um, I think most of the world was, but, you know, in the win now situation, you got to make urgent moves. Danny Green is the host of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green podcast. He is a three-time NBA champion joining us right now. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Now, as far as Doc's concerned, you know, people like me, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I'll point to Doc's playoff record, and maybe he mm-hmm. hasn't been as successful as he had opportunities to be. When you look at Doc mm-hmm. overall, what would you say to somebody that's arguing that? I mean, his resume speaks for itself, man. He has the top ones. He's been in the league for so long. He has experience. Um, granted, said some of this playoffs record and the situations, uh, some of it can be skewed because you can look at the history of the, the times where he didn't have a full roster of, of health. You know, some guys are injured, whether it's a Joe Embiid or somebody else in the past. Um, he's had good teams. But overall, said he's a guy you can trust. Uh, he's mature enough, and he'll get the respect from him from players. And, you know, he'll he'll challenge them, so. He will be able to say change things or right the ship, but he will definitely maintain it. In midseason to trades or changes or coaching changes is kind of crazy, and you know it's hard to say how people will adapt and adjust. But in this sense, you just hope that he can maintain the ship or get it a little bit better. I said I don't know what the expectation is for him, but it's just as long as he doesn't lose the locker room, I think they're a step ahead of where they were, you know, a couple weeks ago. You know, given the fact that he's the face of the franchise, you'd have to figure Giannis probably had a say in both the hiring and the firing of Adrian Griffin. How much pressure is on mm-hmm. him now that the team has moved on and is going to bring in Rivers? I don't see much pressure on Giannis at all. <laughs> and I'm sure he's not the only one they consulted. He's the player. He's going to come to work and do what he's supposed to do. Um, he's won one, you know, but obviously they're, they put they paid all those other guys to be there to win another. So I don't think the, uh, the pressure is just on Giannis. I think it's on those other guys as well to perform and, you know, do what they were brought in to do. So, you know, Giannis is one one. James has come in now to win his first. Those other guys are coming back to win their second and then help him. They paid Chris Middleton. They paid Brooke Lopez. Uh, Bobby Portis, they have all those guys there for a reason. So you, you brought those guys in. They got to, you know, do what they're supposed to do to, to get that second one. Danny, what do you say to the Milwaukee Buck fan today who's kind of scratching their head about the situation, but now they've got Doc, and clearly the aspiration is around winning a championship. So what do you say to that fan today about what Doc's going to bring to them? I'd say your odds are a little bit better now. You, know, you have a, a coach that said, can get the guys to buy in and hopefully respect him said, and then play harder for him. And I think in the playoffs when things slow down, he said he has the experience. I think Adrian is his first year. Maybe they just thought he wasn't ready. But I said, today I think you're, I can tell you with confidence that your odds are a little bit better today than they were, I said, a week ago. Danny Green, he is the host of the, 
Danny Green is yeah. the host of Inside the Green Room podcast, FanDuel. Danny, we appreciate a few minutes, man. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Appreciate you. Three-time NBA champion with us. You know, it's interesting. So um, You just always saw him in the finals in the playoffs. You ever notice that? Oh, yeah. It's every year. It's, there's Danny Green again, deep yep. in the playoffs. There's he's Danny Green shooter. again, deep in the playoffs. I mean, guy's a 40% three-point shooter for his career. I mean, he's a phenomenal shooter. Um, he always seemed to be around winning. You're right about that. And I just don't see with Doc, to fight back on what Danny was saying, like there are too many times where things can just kind of happen and work against somebody for it to all be coincidental, you know? Oh, well, he got a bad break here. Oh, well, he got a bad Oh, well, this guy wasn't healthy here. Like how many times do I have to see it before I believe that you're part of the problem? What are you referring specifically to, Rivers? Doc. Doc, right. Doc. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, looking down like, at something, because, like, caught, I, caught I, about I, 70% of what you had there. Figured I'd be honest. Right. Hand up on that. Hand no, but, but No, but for instance, like Doc is 16 and 33 in the postseason when his team has three wins. Like that can't all be about individual spots where you didn't have somebody. Like It's that's, fair. That's more than coincidental. It's fair, but you have to look at the why behind making the decision. It's not like they sat there, had a great coach, had all these options to choose from and said, Doc's the guy, and we're sitting here saying, no, you're looking to get over the hump. You're looking to make things happen in the postseason. You need someone with more postseason success. The, the Bucks and Green nailed it. There's an issue. The coach lost the locker room. You're 30 and 13, but the coach has lost the locker room. You have a very critical decision to make at that point. Is it process or results? Some people could say, we're 30 and 13, we're fine. But the guys closest to it are saying, no, we're not fine. We're 30 and 13 despite the coach, not because of the coach. We need an upgrade here. We have a chance to win a championship. We can't squander this year. So they move on from Adrian Griffin because it's a problem. Addition by subtraction. He's gone. Now, who's available that can right this ship, that can get us where we need to be? Rivers is out there. Rivers has a ton of experience. Rivers is an upgrade over the current situation. That is the right move. Now, as you look to the future and say, is Rivers going to be good enough to get past Boston and Philly and Miami in the East and possibly win the championship? That's a separate discussion. But for what just happened right here in terms of this decision, the Bucks pro. The Bucks value process over results. They made a good decision here. We'll see how far it takes them, but they're better today than they were yesterday as a result of the move. I'd like to go into a little self-awareness here for me, just so I know moving forward. Do I have that kind of voice that it's easy to tune out on? No, 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 not at all. See, I love your I, voice. I, I, I'm, I'm loud and boisterous, but I, I don't want to be, you know, Charlie. No, that is a, uh, that is an on me sort of situation. I was keeping an eye on something with Twitter for the show that we're going to be doing throughout, something later in the show, and mm-hmm. then I was also rehashing a couple notes on what Green had said that I want to be able to get to throughout you know the course of the show. So I thought, look, here are my options. I'm going to let the big man go, and maybe I'll catch just about enough so I can respond. And then when I picked my head up, I'm like, I think he's on Rivers, but I can't launch into this if I don't know for sure. So you know what? Accountability. That's what we're about around here. I got no problems admitting. All right. Well, first of all, that's what you're about. That's not what we're about. Okay. That's what um, I'm about. Yep. That's, secondly. Uh, Didn't want to put you in a, in a negative no, I, light there by saying we are an accountable show. I just really wanted to know if I'm that kind of guy. That's all. Because I, you can't listen. really hold the job you're holding if you're the type of guy people tune out. You'd be surprised. 
It's like, hey, I've you know never really gone to med school, but yeah, I can do this brain surgery. That known, shouldn't be much of an issue. I, I have known many, many people, none of which I will mention right now, who have been easy to tune out. All right, all right, let's take it easy. <laughs> take it and easy. Listen, I, for for a moment, I thought maybe I'm one of them. It's okay <laughs> to me. Self awareness above all else. So I just wanted to bring us behind the curtain there, and it was. Me looking to you to help me to be better. Yeah. That's all. There we go. Carlin right. versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget, the NBA is on ESPN Radio on Thursday, 7 p.m. You have got Celtics Heat. Terry Rozier with the Miami Heat now, averaging 24 points a game. Is that going to be a big difference maker for Miami? And... On Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern, it is Philadelphia at Denver. In just moments, the NFC Championship game is Sunday. Unfortunately, could be the same old story for the 49ers. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio, including on TuneIn. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. One and one yesterday. Congratulations to the handman and his beloved San Jose Sharks. Rangers up 2-0 going into the third. Lose the game 3-2 to one of the worst hockey teams in the league. But we did win with the next down. Three-tenths of a unit yesterday. 132, 147, and two overall. Down 27 units. So we're going to swing. Boys, we are swinging. We're going full unit. Full unit here on two futures plays for the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines this weekend. These are PGA Tour plays. Sung J M, 22 to 1. His game has been rock solid. And Keegan Bradley, 35 to 1. Keegan Bradley, if memory serves, was runner up here last year. Um, he was fantastic last week at the Sony. So he's in good form. He's a horse for the course. And he's out there at 35 to 1. So we're not going to pass on that. And again, Sung JM 22 to 1 as well. So we're swinging for the fences. Full unit plays to try to make up some of this debt. This is not something 
I would recommend everyone do as they practice. This is our recreational version of me chasing my losses. Keegan Bradley, 35 to 1. Sung JM, 22 to 1. Those are your two pizza monies for the Farmers Insurance Open. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I, I'm going to jump on board on Keegan Bradley. I kind of dig that. It's a good one. It's yeah. a good one. I, it's like a lot of the market has been fluctuating around 28 to 1, 30 to 1. There's a 35 to 1 out there. Good golfer, good history at this course, playing well to start the season. I thought he'd be somewhere around maybe like 22, 25 to 1. So mm. let's make a play. I like it. I like it. Let's go. Meanwhile, we have got the San Francisco 49ers just looking for some help with Debo Samuel. Joseph, you have taken it through, taken us through it a couple of times. What the numbers look like for the 49ers offensively with Debo Samuel and without him. And they are staggering. They are staggering. And with this shoulder injury, it does not feel like we're headed toward a good place with him on Sunday. And I can't believe I'm getting there because there's part of me that doesn't trust the Lions because I've seen them in a couple of spots, whether it's Campbell being too over the top with his going for it stuff and whether it's the 49ers defense, which I still think is excellent and can really contain the Lions I'm, I'm inching closer and closer to picking really the hot team here in Detroit. And I guess, Joe, I'm just looking for some reassurance here. Because with Debo out, can I, I have to rely on all of those numbers and what they say, don't I? So here's the factor. Debo's been out for essentially three games this year. He missed two games during the regular season, and then he missed pretty much all of the game last week against Green Bay. In the three games without Debo Samuel this season, the Niners averaged 19 points per game. In the games with him, they averaged 30 points per game. That is a staggering drop-off from offensive production. That's almost what you'd expect to see from a starting quarterback to a backup quarterback. Yeah, 11 I, points per game. I mean, even further to your point, seven yards per play with him, 5.6 without him. A yard and a half less per play, like, that's a ton, dude. It goes on and on. It goes on and on. We can lay out numbers for days as to his value with this offense, what it means for McCaffrey, what it means for Brock Purdy. McCaffrey's interesting. We talked to Andrew Hawkins about this yesterday on ESPN Bet Live, back Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, and he was talking about how some might think, all right, well, if Debo doesn't play, it means more usage for McCaffrey, and he could end up having bigger numbers, bigger numbers in terms of touches, but the defense is going to be able to spend more time focusing on him. So if you are able to avoid having Debo Samuel on the field and you can put more attention, which, by the way, the Lions are a top-five run defense, yeah. and you can put more of your attention on Christian McCaffrey, now it becomes the Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk show, which is still a great fallback plan for San Francisco, but it makes you vulnerable because the Lions can score. And, oh, by the way, a lot of people might not have been paying attention to this, but because the Niner defense has been so good for so long, people assume this year they're a great defense as well. They're not. They are not a great defense. Their coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, he's not there anymore. He's the head no. coach in, 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 in Houston. Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes is the defensive coordinator. The secondary is suspect. Jordan Love was tearing them apart. They got issues back there. You can beat them. The thing that stands out to me when it comes to Debo, the point spread is still sitting on the key number of seven. If we were getting any indication that Debo was out, I don't think that thing would be seven. In addition, the total went from 50 and a half 
to 51. All right. Now, again, this isn't all happening because of Debo, but if everyone in Vegas was thinking Debo was out, we would see the number moving to Detroit and we'd see the total dropping. We are not seeing that right now. So I, I as a betting man, I would think he's on the field Sunday. The question comes down to how impactful he can be. I also look at this now, and if we're talking about this becoming a Brock Purdy game, really, to me, all that means is it is a, a Kyle Shanahan game. Like, if you don't have Debo on the field, it's now your responsibility um, to kind of make up for that with the way that you're going to design this offense this week. I mean, they're saying 50-50 right now. That does not make me think he is playing anytime soon. So we had Purdy last week. He goes uh, 23 of uh, 23 of 39, 252, one touchdown. You know, we saw him have the disastrous game against Buffalo or against Baltimore a few weeks ago where he threw four picks. This is really one of the first times where you're going to have to say that Brock Purdy is going to have to go win this game. And in turn, that means Kyle Shanahan's going to ha- go have to win this game if they're without Debo. And that's what it looks like. Like you have to figure out if you're Kyle Shanahan, how to make up that yard and a half per play that you're missing without him on the field. If you're Kyle Shanahan, this is the big payoff. This is the year that you elevate your status as a head coach to that top tier. Like Belichick and Andy Reid, they own the top tier. There's no one up there with him. But he goes up to that tier right beneath. Right beneath. He's up there with the John Harbaugh's and all the other guys, which aren't many, that are just right there as elite head coaches. If not now, when? Right? Like, it's time to close out. It's Detroit. You're a seven-point favorite at home. You had the bye week. I understand Debo's banged up and that hurts. Everybody's banged up this time of year. You got to put it together. You got to get your team over the hump. Purdy's your guy. Coach him up. Figure it out. And if you're the Lions, you're coming into this game with unprecedented swagger. I think the, the this entire game is going to be the Lion offensive line versus the Niners defensive line. It is going to be those trenches. If Goff gets the protection he needs – To shred that secondary, he's going to be able to make some plays. And if the Lions are able to run the ball, that means they're going to be able to set up golf in the play action. That is where it's all going to come down to. Dan Campbell is going to have this team ready to cook. I cannot wait for this game. This is the night game, too, by the way. Yeah. Like, think about this. We're going to have Lamar Mahomes, and then we get this game. It's like, I'm I'm going to be all out of it by the time we get to this game. You got to summon that second wind. Puke and rally, baby. What are you, Billy Bob in that's Varsity what, Blues? That's what it is. It's going to puke and rally. That's what. That's that's the motto for Niners-Lions this week. Niners versus Lions, puke and rally. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I can't wait to see that on a banner on the bottom of the screen <laughs> on Fox. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Joe, from superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive. eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everything that we need to know about Championship Sunday comes your way next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. 
Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NFL Championship Sunday on ESPN Radio. Touchdown, Lamar! All the news, analysis, predictions, and reaction from the Chiefs, Ravens, and 49ers Lions. Trip to the Super Bowl on the line. NFL Championship Sunday. Coverage continues right here on ESPN Radio. Love this man, love his work. You come out more educated when you listen to Bill Barnwell talk about football. Of course, the Bill Barnwell Show podcast. Make sure you check it out wherever you can. ESPN, NFL writer, outstanding information each and every time. Bill, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe. We appreciate it as always. And let's just start here. We were just talking about the importance of Debo Samuel, and we know that the numbers are stark when he is on the field mm-hmm. and when he is not so starkly different, I should say. So does it simply come down to whether or not he's able to go and be effective Sunday for the 49ers? It's a great question. I think if the Niners play the way they did last week, especially on the offensive side of the ball, yes, it does. To me, I believe the offense took a major hit. They were not able to adjust. You would figure with a week to prepare, if they know or if they feel confident Debo Samuel's not going to play in this game, Kyle Shanahan will change the game plan. I mean, you literally saw first play of the second half, probably a scripted play. They just handed the ball to Juwan Jennings because he was playing the Debo Samuel role. I don't think they're going to make that that level of a substitution again if Debo Samuel can't play. But to me, I, I really think the, the deciding factor in this game is not the Niners on offense. To me, it's the Niners on defense and the Lions on offense. So let's drill down on that a bit. We were just talking about that a few minutes ago, the war in the trenches between the Detroit O-line, the San Francisco D-line, Jared Goff coming outdoors. I'm sure you know the road home, home road splits mm-hmm. when it comes to Goff here. What kind of game are you envisioning for him in this offense against this Niner defense? Because the total in Vegas is 51. It feels a little bit like mm-hmm. it has shootout potential. It does, and certainly there's big play potential on both sides of the football here, but it really comes down to the Niners' pass rush. I know you guys said you were just talking about that, but the the numbers for Jared Goff with and without pressure are are stark. Anyone gets worse when they're pressured, of course, but when he's not pressured, Jared Goff is number one in the NFL in QBR this year. When he is pressured, he's 27th in QBR compared to all the other quarterbacks when they get pressured. He's Brock Purdy, 
or, or Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes when he's not pressured. He's Mac Jones when he is pressured. Now the Lions have a good offensive line. They're going to miss Jonah Jackson, uh, one of their interior linemen. It's going to hurt them. Um, but the Niners did not get a lot of pressure on Jordan Love last week. Jordan Love's more mobile. He has that ability to throw everything off his back foot that Jared Goff does not have. But I think it starts there for the Niners. If they can get pressure on Jared Goff, I think given the outdoor conditions, given the hand size, given how Jared Goff plays historically, that is a concern for me. And then you factor in Jared Goff loves to throw over the middle of the field. They love play action. The Niners are so good at taking that away. That would be a concern for me. But Jared Goff's not pressured. We saw him that, you know, we saw he's going to hit guys. He's going to find open receivers. So I think it all starts with the Niners pass pressure. Bill Barnwell, he, of course, senior ESPN senior NFL writer, the Bill Barnwell Show podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. That's outstanding. Listen, on the flip side, from a coaching perspective, Dan Campbell, we know. He's going to run through a wall. He's going to put his head down and go like a bull. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it, especially on fourth down. Would you expect anything to change in this game? Absolutely not. I mean, you go back to, I think, the ultimate situation where they would have been conservative. Two, two situations I can think of. Number one, last year, week 18, fourth and one. They need a yard to beat the Packers. They could have tried a field goal, punted. You know, I think they're a field goal range. So they would kick the field goal, gone up six, given Aaron Rodgers the ball back with a chance to win a playoff spot. Dan Campbell went for it. They converted. That Cowboys game, they, you know, they, they get the, the, the Taylor Decker catch that gets ruled out. They get pushed back. Dan Campbell still wants to go for it. To me, I, I think Dan Campbell's proven over and over again uh, the situation's never too big. I trust my guys no matter what, you know, whether it's the week one, whether it's the NFC championship game. With Kyle Shanahan, that's just not the case. We've seen over and over again, he wants to be conservative. He does not trust his quarterback, does not trust the players on that team to go forward, you know, to be aggressive, not just on fourth down, but at the end of the half last week, I think was the big concern in terms of how he managed the clock. Something we saw from him as a concern in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Doesn't mean they're going to lose because of it. He's gotten away with it, you know, in games in the past, but it's also come back to bite him when they've lost a big contest. So to me, I, I think that's a significant and meaningful advantage we can rely upon with Dan Campbell is that he's going to make decisions that align with what the data says is usually the right call. Can't say that about Kyle Shanahan. Bill Barnwell joining us, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. All right, we've got access to you. You're one of my favorite reads. You've been one of my favorite reads for a long time. So I'm going to ask a very selfish question. Earlier in the day, <laughs> it's going to be the Ravens and the Chiefs. Lamar's rushing prop is 63 and a half. Allen just went for over 70 rushing yards against this Chiefs defense. Willie Gay was supposed to be spying Josh Allen. He banged up his neck in mm -hmm. that game. I know Lamar isn't running as much as he used to, but he just put up 100 on Houston. Bill, what do I do here? <laughs> I lean over. Yeah, you do. Because of how how the Chiefs approach defense. Steve Spagnuolo wants to be creative. He wants to be exotic. He wants to send guys after Lamar at the line of scrimmage. He wants to blitz. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. They're very good as a defense in doing that. But what that creates is the opportunity for holes. To me, it's not going to be Lamar running 15 designed runs in this game. I don't think that's the game plan but I do think it's going to be Lamar scrambling for 20 yards when, when plays break down. I do think that is in the range of possibilities for him. So to me, I think he gets a couple of those big scrambles and maybe a few design runs here and there. I think he gets over 63 and a half. That's why Bill Barnwell is the Dan Campbell 
of ESPN senior NFL writers. We go and we go and we go with the over there. The fact like that we waited there. that long to ask him that question, insulting to everybody. <laughs> Bill, I, I do want to ask you this one thing about Mahomes in particular, because I saw these numbers today and they were pretty stark when it comes to Patrick Mahomes that this season he's under 50% completion percentage, six touchdowns, seven picks, uh, five yards of play when he gets pressured. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. this season in particular, how much that has to do with the lack of weapons and maybe the lack of weapons, comparatively speaking, to what he's had before and where that has shown itself the most. Is that something I look at when evaluating how the the Ravens can beat Mahomes this week? Absolutely. I, mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football in terms of how he manages pressure, in terms of his footwork, in terms of where he goes in the pocket, in terms of escaping pressure. He's so good at that. But you can't catch it for him. And the reality is the Chiefs do not have players who are going to separate from man coverage. They don't have players who are going to win on scramble drills. And even when those guys do win, you see even Travis Kelsey drops passes when it comes to the scramble drills. Chiefs, Chiefs wide receivers this year, whether it's, you know, whether it's under pressure or not, they have the highest drop rate for any team's wide receivers over the last decade. That's a stat that doesn't really, you don't, you don't, I don't really need to sell you on that one. You can tell you believe that one based on how you've watched the Chiefs play week after week this year. To me, I think this is a very limited offense, not because of Mahomes, but because of the receivers. He's 28th this year in QBR on deep passes. He's throwing the average shortest pass of any, uh, you know, regular starter in the NFL this season. Now he's, He's incredible at adjusting. He's a totally different quarterback in terms of what they're asking him to do now than they were five years ago because of the personnel changes. But that's the limitation for me is, you know, for the Chiefs, uh, the Ravens are going to be great on defense. They're great in the red zone. They're great outside the red zone. They're great at getting pressure without blitzing. You know, can Patrick Mahomes find those quick solutions against those Raven pressures, or does he have to run away from them and scramble? And then can he hit guys or can guys get open when he's scrambling on those plays? Last week, as good as the Texans are, C.J. Stroud was not able to find those guys because the Ravens were so good at getting after him and getting him to throw the football away. Last one for you. We've only got a little bit of time, but we wanted to get your thoughts. We've been kicking around this idea today. Dak Prescott has a $59.5 million cap hit for 2024, and the Cowboys cannot use the franchise tag on him in 2025 because of contract language. So he's got all the Mm -hmm. leverage here. Do you see Prescott angling for the fully guaranteed contract that Lamar Jackson was trying to get, given his leverage? He had leverage in the past, and he did not seem to have that be a big concern. He wanted a shorter deal and got a shorter deal, as we can see. Uh, I, 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 you know, he could certainly get it if he wanted. I think he could justify it, given how he played this year. And like you said, all the leverage he has with the no cap and no trade. But I do think he's probably going to settle for something like Lamar, where the deal's mostly guaranteed uh, in terms of the structure, and they're just getting a ton of money up front. Bill, awesome stuff as usual. ESPN senior NFL writer, the host of the Bill Barnwell Show podcast. We appreciate it, man. We always come out smarter. Thanks. Anytime, guys. That's Bill Barnwell with us. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, renters. You'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit progressive.com which nfc east team should we be more concerned about with their quarterback moving forward 
It is an interesting question today in particular. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I said earlier, I believe in Dak Prescott. I think he's clearly the answer. Uh, he's part of the solution moving forward. Here's a guy who's 2-5 and five in the playoffs and never gotten past the divisional round. Do you want to extend that quarterback when in his first eight years he's not shown you he can do it? What they have to figure out is, can they get Dak Prescott to be the guy when the lights are the absolute brightest in January as the same person they are in you know September, October, November, December? So you got C.D. Lamb's mom chiming in on Dak. Dak's not it. She does so on Facebook. You got all kinds of drama around Dak down in Dallas. His brother's saying, oh, you guys, you know, be lucky to see what it's like without him. Dak's got $59 million coming to him this coming year as a cap hit, and it's in the last year, and the Cowboys can't tag him. Then you've got what's going on in Philadelphia Jalen Hurts, you know, just talking to people this morning, it kind of feels like Jalen Hurts has a lot of do, a lot of work to do to get the locker room back, to get back to kind of where he was a year ago. It sounds, it sounds like this past year he really took a step back from everybody else, and there's a, a credibility there to, to be won back. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. I, I, I want to let you go for a minute on this Dak thing. Because this is amazing when you think about it. The more I have thought about the points you have brought up here when it comes to Dak and what the options are, the more excited I am for it to play out this way. Right? Like, this is going to be such a massive story Yep. when our friends Stephen A. Smith and Greeny and everyone else decide they're going to start talking about it. Because right now we have Chiefs-Ravens coming up. We've got a lot going on in the NBA. But the facts are this. Dak Prescott is entering the final year of his contract. The salary cap hit is $59.4 million. It is a monster number, second only to Deshaun Watson, and we all know what we think of that contract. The catch here is that normally, in order for the Cowboys to get that number to shrink, they would have to give him an extension. And then you give him the extension and you prorate the number so that you don't get drilled for $59 million. Then you can afford guys like CeeDee Lamb, who's coming up, and Micah Parsons, who's coming up. The problem is the Cowboys have no leverage. Mm. Prescott has it in his contract that the Cowboys can't use the franchise tag on him in 2025. So without that, there's nothing they can threaten. Here's an example. Dak Prescott walks in and he says, I want a new deal, five years, $300 million. All right, don't quote me on that sort of thing, but I want five years, $300 million. And the Cowboys say no. And Prescott says, okay, I'll play this year out. 
And then here's what happens. The Cowboys don't have salary cap flexibility to get things done, so the roster doesn't get any better. Prescott plays out the year, then he hits free agency. Those are problems. Dak says, I want five years, 300 million fully guaranteed. Cowboys say yes. Whew, set a horrible precedent for the rest of the NFL because now that's two guaranteed contracts. Kirk Cousins got one, and now Prescott's getting one, and every other quarterback's going to want one, especially the ones that have achieved more than Prescott. Good luck to Dallas figuring this out. It feels like most people think Dak will do what's right for the team. Like Barnwell just came on and said, you know, it feels like maybe he'll just find a way to get the Lamar contract and give the team some flexibility so they can sign other good players. But if you're Dak and you catch all this slander at every single turn, why not go for the big score here? Why not? Absolutely. And look at what's gone on with Deshaun Watson. It has fallen apart, and teams have thought that possibly – because that's happened, they would never have to deal with that again. Yeah. You know, they they didn't even want to acknowledge it. It was like it didn't even exist when you're talking about all these long-term contracts, the one that Lamar got last season. Well, that's an outlier. That has nothing to do with us. That's one owner that was out of his trees for what he did. Well, you got another owner who's out of his trees for allowing this situation to happen. And we have talked about this since they lost last week. It is not getting easier for the Dallas Cowboys. And this is probably the biggest reason why. Can you imagine for a second that we, and this is going to happen soon, by the way, because free agency's mid-March. It's creeping. I mean, we're less than two months away. You better figure this out and quick with what you're going to do with him and his contract. And he better be on board with it. And all, all the C.D. Lamb's moms of the world, all his brothers doing, like all they are doing is adding to his leverage. Do you he, think this is more so, like this is more interesting than what's going on in Philadelphia? Well, this is where it gets good because you're yeah. hot on that story and I want to hear your thoughts on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles because this one is a little bit more of the, there's some drama here as well. Different type of drama, which I find fascinating. Yes, we have been um, all under the impression that this had a lot more to do with Sirianni. This had to do with the coordinators, all of that stuff. And in talking to some people, you know, the last couple days about this and today, I get the sense that Jalen Hurts has got a lot of work to do in that locker room. Like, it it is not what it was, like last year or the year before. I I think all those guys loved him at the beginning, but I think this year, from what I can gather, he became a little bit more of a loner. And if you're getting paid that amount of money and you're not exactly, you know, leading the group as you are charged to do, that's a major problem. Like, you have to, like, somebody from that organization, whether it's Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, whomever, has to get in front of Jalen Hurts and be like, dude, you need to figure this out and you need to be out in front and actually, you know what, hang out with your guys and and become a bigger part of it. Because from what I gather, Joe, like he wasn't interested in any of that this year. So in the past, what you're saying is in the past, he was guy's guy. They'd go out, they'd have dinners, they'd do all that stuff. He was a a part of the social circle. I'll point to this, okay? Remember a couple of years ago when Jason Kelsey came out in such strong defense of Jalen Hurts? Yes, like you talked about what an amazing guy he was and all that stuff. You've had a lot of guys say that for years about the ultimate leader, the ultimate yeah. team guy. He he he's he's very selfless, all that stuff. Yeah, maybe some of that. And I'm, this is not saying that Jalen Hurts is not working as hard since he got the money and all that stuff. It's just that his attitude seemingly has changed to a lot of his teammates. And 
that's a team that is built to win in the short term. And Nick Sirianni, for one, is certainly banking on Jalen Hurts uh, being back to his normal self next year, physically and now apparently from a leadership standpoint. Like, so I, I, which man, which which situation? If you were a general manager stepping in to take over Philadelphia or Dallas right now, given everything we laid out with the Prescott contract situation and the drama with all the family members talking trash on Prescott. Or you're taking over in Philadelphia where you've got a coach situation, coordinator issues, a possible quarterback who's no longer uh, as beloved in the locker room. Which job is the easier one to clean up? Which job is the easier one to turn around? I think it's Philadelphia, clearly. because Clearly? Clearly. Because that is a huge financial thing that you're talking about in Dallas. What else can we possibly do if that's not straightened out and if he just decides, screw it, we're done? We're done this year, Joe. You got to hope he doesn't. You got to hope he really likes playing in Big D. You go off from the best contract in football. Hopefully he says yes, and then you can start working on CeeDee Lamb, who's entering year five, and Parsons, who's entering year four. That's financial stuff. It seems like that that can normally get done, although it's somewhat unprecedented what they're dealing with. Philly, does it feel a little dysfunctional? A little bit. Little, just a smidge. A just a, 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 a hint. A hint. You've got a GM that's concerned about protecting power, and you've got a quarterback that has taken a step back from hanging out with his guys. He's the guy that's really got to step up. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.